You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. Well, welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I hope that you have had just a great start to your week. Um, it it just always is exciting for me on Monday mornings. I expect these podcasts to hit and I watch my phone for the notification of bing, you, there's a new podcast out. So so hopefully you, you get a little excited too when you see that bing come up. Um, but today I'm really delighted to invite back onto the show, Karen Ashley, who we had um, a while ago. She did a great episode. I'll link that down in the show notes below. But today we're going to be talking about DNA fragmentation. We got into a little bit of a conversation over on Instagram and we, and I asked if she would come on and share some insight into this uh, test, which I feel like it's becoming more and more common to to talk about this specific sperm marker. Um, but we're going to just dive into it and, and break down what you need to know if you're currently trying to explore whether or not this would be helpful to you on your journey. So welcome, Karen. Thanks for thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you for having me. I have thoroughly enjoyed watching all of your new episodes come up oh, and you just have like an all-star you. lineup. I just love um, listening to those and hearing from other practitioners and hearing from other experiences. And it's just been really helpful to me also as a practitioner to hear those discussions. And I just love all the content that you're putting out. So keep up. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I so appreciate that. This has kind of been like a little bit of um, like one of those dream, unexpected dreams come true for me because I love learning and I love hearing from people who are passionate and have these like depths of knowledge. And so hosting the show has been this amazing opportunity to like sit down with people like yourself and ask the pressing questions that I want to ask, but you know, I've never had the opportunity to ask them before. So it's been such a delight and a joy. And I feel like my mind just continues to be opened. The more I learn, the more I realize there is so much more to learn. Mm -hmm. There's a curve there. Once we think we know something and then we start figuring out everything that we don't know. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. It just, it seems like there's an incredible amount. And then once you become an expert, you still realize that how very little, you know, yeah, the human body is so intricate and incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, today we're going to jump into DNA fragmentation. And I appreciate the post that you put out a while ago on that. Um, just because at the time that you put it out, it was really well-timed with um, a client I had been supporting um, and she had been asking for resources on that specific topic. And so I was able to be like, well, hey, look, check this out. I want to share this with you. Um, so you can dive into this some more, but to kind of get us started, do you mind explaining what DNA fragmentation is, why it, and why it's tested for? Yeah, absolutely. And I will preface this conversation by saying this is a not safe for work podcast. <laughs> so put your uh, AirPods in or whatever, yeah. because there will be talk of um, anatomy and uh, maybe some words that you want to discuss with your children on your own terms, not <laughs> yeah, after they've heard it on a podcast. So true. So, uh, so I guess to start off, we could talk a little bit about the basics of what a sperm cell is, because then we'll be referencing that later. So a sperm is a cell and inside the head of the sperm is a bunch of DNA. Then the job of the sperm is to take that DNA from the father and deliver it to the mother and uh, fertilize an egg and then go on to create an embryo. 
So it's a cell, just like other cells in your body. And the head of that sperm has all of that information in it. There is a neck and a tail of the sperm. And those, the job of those parts are just transport. So that's just to transport that genetic material to mama. So about half, I mean, half of the DNA of a new human comes from the male. And so I think sometimes it's joked about the male contribution to conceiving a child. It's like, yeah, you contributed for a few seconds there and good job. <laughs> now your job is done. <laughs> and that could not be further from the truth because there is such a large amount of DNA that that father is contributing. And it's really important that he brings his best materials as much as it as important it is for mom to bring her best materials. And so a lot of the focus on fertility is on women, but it's becoming more and more clear and thankfully more and more well-known that it's really important to optimize male fertility in order to achieve um, positive pregnancy outcomes and also birth outcomes and the epigenetics of that next generation. And so um, our cells are capable of repairing their own DNA. We have breaks in our DNA all the time and our cells know how to repair that. An immature sperm cell can repair DNA to a certain extent, but a mature sperm cell, the one that's going to fertilize an egg is not capable of repairing DNA. The egg has some capability of repairing damaged sperm DNA, but it's limited. And so if we have a large amount of damaged DNA in the sperm cells, in the mature sperm cells, we're going to have a, a decrease fertility. So fragmentation, the word fragmentation is talking about being broken up into smaller separate, separate parts. And so we're talking about the actual strands of DNA being broken and then not being able to fertilize the egg and develop an embryo. So risk factors for having these breaks in the DNA are oxidative stress, um, tobacco use, excessive heat, obesity, chemo, radiation, air pollution exposure, varicoceles, which is something that would be need to be identified and treated by a urologist, um, aging, so, but men over 50, and pyospermia, which is uh, white blood cells in the semen. So delayed transport of the sperm can also cause DNA fragmentation. So the longer that sperm is just sitting there waiting, the more broken down it gets because of the more exposure it's getting to mm. oxidative stress. So prolonged abstinence can cause that or delayed time uh, in the tubules. So um, that's seen with the varicoceles and then diabetes type two and then spinal cord injuries. And then the last one is pretty important because that's uh, drugs, um, mostly SSRIs. So that's a class of anti-anxiety medication. Mm. And it's a really popular one. Those are uh, like Paxil, I have my full list of that, but they're really popular um, anxiety meds. So one option, if you already know, you can stop right there and say, yes, my husband is on that, is to consider switching to a different medication um, for anxiety. I don't know if you've noticed over on Instagram, but I have been sharing about a brand new resource that I have available. It's a free ebook called 
the condensed guide to getting pregnant. And I wanted to just take a minute today to let you know that it is available for you. If you head over to my website, blissberrywellness.com and click the free ebook tab right there at the top. Now I have been in the fertility space for five years now, and I've noticed there are some really key things that I continually have to educate on and specific questions that I just find myself answering over and over and over again. And so in this ebook, I actually sit down and break down those top five questions, things like how to identify that you are actually ovulating, what you should focus on and when you should start seeking out extra support. And so I talk about all of these things in depth in this free ebook, and I want to make sure that you get your copy as soon as possible. This is an amazing resource. I am so excited to share with you. So head over to my website, blissberrywellness.com, and you can find it there. The way they test for this fragmentation in the DNA is that they take a sperm sample, semen sample, and they expose the sperm to stress. And that could be like an acid. And then they look at the DNA and see how much of the sperm survived that stress. And that is what turns into something called the DNA fragmentation index or DFI. So there are other methods of measuring DNA fragmentation, but they're mostly used in research or in like big academic centers or fertility like research centers. And so those are not common or used clinically really, mostly Mm -hmm. used for research. So what you're gonna see in testing is a DNA fragmentation index. So um, there are a couple labs that provide this service and a few are direct to consumer. So the first one is Legacy and that is the one that I talked to you on uh, Instagram yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Legacy is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, so they have a few options and the other one is called SCSA Diagnostics and that one is in my neck of the woods in the Midwest, it's in South Dakota. And they have a direct to consumer and also a provider order one. And then ReproSource is a company that has a lot of different fertility testing, um, immunology, and um, they have sperm testing. They have other like female um, fertility testing, but they have one. And that one is by far the cheapest, but it requires a um, provider order. Okay. Um, And that can be any provider. That's Mm. naturopaths. um, Even like Chinese medicine people can order it, physicians. And it's something that your provider, if they're an ordering provider, could get an account and order for you. So. Yeah. Wow. That's, you know, it seems like kind of a big deal, you know, evaluating that marker, if you've been struggling to conceive, struggling with losses. Um, I know when I was speaking with, um, I had a client that we were just working through some lifestyle stuff and she happened to mention, um, oh, hey, so we, this, my clinic ran this test and we found elevated Uh, elevated levels. Um, But the interesting thing was, as I've talked to other people, I've discovered that it's not always standard to run this test. Do you find that clinics are beginning to incorporate it more? Is it still kind of a one of those tests that isn't fully incorporated into a lot of treatment plans? what's What's the sentiment toward it right now? So I will say it's not routine. It's not okay. something that is run automatically with a, with a regular semen analysis. Your regular semen analysis is going to have your concentration, your total count, your motility, morphology, uh, et cetera. And so that is going to be, if you go and get, just ask for a semen analysis, that's what you're going to get. Mm. Now, fertility centers may be starting to offer this a little more commonly. Uh, they might have their own labs that they use. So if they're connected with an academic center, 
then they might be doing this. This lab might be available to them in a bigger laboratory, but if you're going to a smaller clinic, they might be using these outside labs, um, but mm -hmm. most of them are not offered in a typical setting. Mainly, I think because it takes so long for new research and procedures to get implemented mm -hmm. into practice, that's about 10 years usually is the average for something that's been shown in the research to be beneficial to actually get into typical practice. And so it might be a while. It's not a perfect test. So it's not going to say if this is low, that's the reason we're having a delayed time to fertility. And so it's a tool just like other lab tests that we use to identify areas for improvement. So I feel like this would be important for somebody who has a recurrent pregnancy loss, which is more than two losses. And there's been a correlation between a high DNA fragmentation index, a high DFA and recurrent miscarriage, especially early losses. Mm. Um, not as much with the late losses, but again, the research is really lacking in a lot of analysis around the DFI. So, uh, and about 40 to 50% of couples that have recurrent pregnancy loss, there's no identifiable cause uh, that's in the conventional system. And so they're not looking at some of the more functional or specialty tests that some fertility providers are using. Um, but there's been multiple recent studies about a uh, higher incidence of recurrent pregnancy loss among men with a higher DFI. And mm -hmm. that normal DFI is variable between labs, but they'll say between 30 to 50% is high and increased risk of infertility. The optimal number seems to be around eight. And oh, wow. so that 30 to 50%, and even some labs are saying down to 25%, still at a higher risk for uh, that being a contributor of infertility. And so there's that, again, the difference between what is normal versus what is optimal. Mm -hmm. So the people with the very low DFI are having more successful pregnancies and then live births. So I imagine, you know, once you get this, this, if you go and pursue this test, you find out, okay, we've got something here that needs to work on. Um, what does it look like when it actually gets time to, to address? Obviously everyone's different. It's very unique. Um, are, are a lot of providers familiar enough with this test at this point that they can direct how to move forward with this? Is this something where you really want to find someone who is well-versed in it? Um, what's your take there? I think you would want to find a provider that is well-versed in dealing with root causes mm -hmm. and because there is not a drug to treat this, there is not a medication. And that's kind of the Western system that I was taught in is that you identify the problem and then you apply the treatment, which is you know, usually a procedure or a medication. And there's not a medication for this. There's no drugs on the market that are known to improve sperm quality. And so, um, you would want someone that is focused on lifestyle interventions and root cause analysis and who is knowledgeable about nutritional and supplement interventions that will improve the DNA fragmentation. So this is one of those things that I feel like it would be helpful knowledge to have if you are looking, especially with recurrent pregnancy loss, those women are looking for a reason. And they want to exhaust all of the possible causes of the loss because they do not want to go through that again because it is miserable. Mm -hmm. And they're often very fearful of getting pregnant again 
without addressing what they knew was a contributor to their previous losses. So there's a, a big anxiety there about moving forward in conceiving again if they haven't addressed any of the prior causes. So that can be helpful with her current loss and helping people to understand, well, why did this happen? And um, is it me? Is it him? Is it a combination? And where are our efforts best applied? Mm-hmm. And so that that would be helpful for that. And also re- repeated IUI or IVF failure. Um, the only time it's really not um, appropriate is for men who have a total sperm count less than um, a million per cc. So, okay. Wow. Well, that is just insanely helpful to know. Karen, would you mind sharing where people can connect with you? Um, I'd love for anyone who is listening, maybe is interested in this test, is looking for a provider like yourself, uh, would love to give them an opportunity to know how to find you. Sure. My website is karenashleynp.com, K-A-R-I-N-A-S-H-L-E-Y-N-P, as in nursepractitioner.com. And I have an Instagram account, which is the same at Karen Ashley NP, Karen with an I, and they can, people can contact me either through my website or through Instagram too. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate the time today. We will definitely link to all of that in the show notes as well as I'm going to include a link to the original post that we connected on just surrounding DNA fragmentation. So that if you're listening, you're kind of curious about where our conversations started on that, you can check that out. Um, but I appreciate the time today. I appreciate you sharing, um, just breaking this down for us. And, and I look forward to hopefully having you back on the show again sometime soon. Absolutely. I would love that. All right, friends. Well, that wraps up today's episode of the show. If you enjoyed this episode of the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, as always, don't forget to subscribe. We have new episodes coming every single Monday and I don't want you to miss it. So definitely hit that subscribe button. And I look forward to being back again next week with more great info. So bye for now. I'd love to connect with you. I love connecting with each and every one of you, hearing your stories and just finding out what topics and resources would be the most helpful to you on the journey. Head over to Instagram, give me a follow. You can find me at Hannah Bowers, I-N-H-C. I've got all sorts of goodies over there from recipe tutorials to mindfulness exercises to little lifestyle hacks that are going to revolutionize your fertility. So definitely head over there so we can hang out. Hey friends, are you tired of taking your temperature every single morning? Well, I want to introduce you to the temp drop. The temp drop is a wearable fertility monitor that automatically takes your basal body temperature. It's compatible with polycystic ovarian syndrome and can even be used postpartum, making this an extremely versatile device to have on hand. What's great about this monitor is that it will automatically sync with your cell phone app, making it simple to take your temperature and track it. Now you can save on the temp drop if you head over to tempdrop.com and use the code blissberrywellness.